It's the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano of the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And uh, we're going to jump right into things today. We have with us in the, uh, all right, and I'm using air quotes, which the studio today, uh, the gentleman who's responsible for that music, John C. John, how are you? I'm doing well, and Stefano. It, uh, third time back. You're yes. like you're like my you're, like a cancer. Like a or bad. <laughs> I was going to say bad penny, but uh, you know, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But uh, but uh, well, uh, thanks for coming down and thanks for uh, uh, joining us again today. Of course. So um, you know, John. Last time we had John, we were hopefully helping promote your latest album, Shine. Yes. Um. And that, I looked back, was almost three years ago, right? It's crazy. Isn't it, though? It really is crazy. Yeah, um, I've been doing, I haven't really performed it live. I've been so busy as a session drummer. and um, But I will say, I kind of put it out there just to get it done and, and to share it with people. And it's funny how it's come full circle now. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting all this attention for it. Um, I've had it reviewed in some magazines and had some great write-ups on it all positive thank god and um it, i'm going to be doing some live shows with that music and um i'm in the process right now of getting some of the tracks because i'm going to be running some um multi-tracks live not a lot a lot of it will be a live band of course but, uh-huh. but some elements you know of sure, it will sure. be used live well, I think the last time I saw you out live, uh, yeah, were, were, you, were you playing Frank? Yeah, I was you playing my brother. brother. But yeah. that was just a duo situation, and I was—I probably should have just done it acoustically instead yeah. of using the some of the tracks that I had on that gigantic keyboard, the Triton. Remember yes. the Triton? The old workstation thing is great, but it's kind of a dinosaur now. But um, yeah, so. So, so all that efforts, I mean, it's starting to uh, pay dividends, right? Yeah, now. yeah. I, I just, you know, in soundtracks, like it's funny. There's this uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> how perfect is that? Uh, documentary coming out. They want to use the song um, "No More Secrets," oh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and uh, so we're working on that right now. So, but other than that, you know. It, 2018 was a down year. Obviously, I was, I had that accident, and right. uh, I was basically laid up on the couch for a year. Okay. And uh, a I, broken wrist. Not a broken wrist. I my left wrist, which is great for a drummer, right? Um, I basically snapped cartilage in there, um, and they had to repair it. Okay. And then my both of my knees, right. uh, both meniscus were torn. But now I'm dealing with uh, issues in the back. Um, I, I had um, a slip disc now in my lower L5, which ended up herniating. Oh, jeez. Yes, fun stuff. But I manage and I soldier on. You know, you have to. So. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad enough uh, working with an injury or having an injury at work or mm-hmm. through work and, and then trying to get back from that, much Oof. less... You know, I, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm in sales and I, I always try to break, coming out of a, a mechanical background, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are the tools of the trade? What are the, well, in sales, you got the gift of gab, hopefully, um, and your mind. That's that's one of the tools you use every day. 
but I sit in a chair. So, I mean, realistically, you could put a feeding tube in me and give me a headset and I can do my job, you know, and, and never leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but as when I was a mechanic, I mean, your, your hands, your arms, your back, your legs, that's all one of the tools you have. That's right. And obviously as a musician and, and a drummer, I mean, there isn't a part of your body you don't use when you're yeah, drumming. Exactly. So how, how did you overcome that? I mean, well, what? I'm still overcoming it. Um, it's funny. You take so much for granted, you know, you don't realize until it's not there. Right. Um, but you know, for drumming, it's done something for me. Um, I've been working with Keith Pulvermacher a lot lately. He's got a great, great new album out called 45. And we had started recording it. I was, I think we were three songs deep on the record and then I got injured. Okay. And he ended up having to take it to Nashville to finish it. And Dan Needham did a great job on drums. So he played on, on the record as well. And we're getting a lot of attention with that. We just opened for Kid Rock in front of 80,000 people. That was the thing uh, as, uh, you know, we we were talking before, we were catching up here before the podcast for recording. And um, yes, uh, Dashiell mentioned that. Uh, I saw him last night at a small gathering for our, which is going to be, I won't won't mention the number. I'll let people have that image of you as a young man. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> the reunion, right? Yeah. Yeah. The reunion. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he said he, was, he just played in front of 80,000 people. Oh, it was, you know, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't even Dash. It was, uh, Dean. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, we had dinner with them on Thursday night, Dean and his wife, uh, Laura. And, uh, he said, what's with, why was he playing in front of 80,000 people? Yeah. And I said, well, he opened for Kid Rock and they're like, oh, so it wasn't just him. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. You know, isn't that funny? You don't think. No, but it was a great show. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere up in Crandon Motor Speedway. And uh, was it like County Fair? No, it was like there's a big race up there, auto auto racing thing. And it looked like Woodstock, basically. Well, I saw a picture, I think, from the stage. Yeah, it was, it was 80,000 people if there was, if there was one there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was crazy. Um, But we, they loved us. It was great. I didn't know how they would take the band. Um, but the crowd, we, we, we did well. And there were a lot of dignitaries there. I mean, Sarah Palin was there. Um, well, yeah, she's uh, getting divorced, so yeah, she's probably yeah. on the prowl. No, she was actually there with her husband oh. at the time. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, <laughs> Rusty Wallace was there, I believe, the okay. racer, the race car driver. Um, and there were there were a lot of people there that there's some big wrestler. That, it was like in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 and the funniest thing was um, Kid Rock. His real name is Bob. <laughs> he says, "Just call me Bob, Bob." Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, it's like I've in this industry, I've rubbed shoulders with a lot of these people. They all put our we all put our pants on the same way. You know, it's it, it's not. Well, that's that's the you thing. Know, you know. And that's, I guess it's refreshing to hear that Yeah. because there are some people who, I mean, yeah, you've, um, you see people who are iconic. Yeah. Um, and you wonder, you know, what do they do? Oh my God. You know, and how do they do this? And, and sometimes their ego gets the better of them. Oh God. Um, but you know, the really great artists I've discovered, like I met Peter Gabriel and he was the most humble guy and awesome guy. I met him in New York city way back and it's the and look at him he's always at the cutting edge of technology right. and music and you know herbie hancock and guys like that the real guys you know and they're amazing musicians so 
Um, I think there's no secret there. I mean, I think uh, it's those who keep pushing and are humble are the ones that keep getting better. When you think they can't get any better, they're getting right. better and better and better. So, and that's funny because back to this accident, it, it made me reevaluate things and I couldn't play the way I did before. And um, although, thank God, that's starting to come back now. But I think what it did for me, it simplified things. Got you back to basics almost? Basics. And as a drummer, I started to enjoy the space more. Um, the, the space between the notes is actually more music, believe yeah. it or not. The silence, you know. Um, and, it's, and it's funny. I've had people come up to me and say, you sound better than you ever have. And this stuff. I'm like, really? And then I think, and I listen to some recordings. I always record myself. And just the groove in the pocket feels like I've been playing for for as long as I played instead right. of sounding like, you know, some guy in a garage, you know. And I think um, it's been a really eye-opening experience. Well, I, 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 I'll agree with you because uh, I fall into that category a lot of times with my goofy electronics fetish that I have. Is you're always looking for the newest, mm -hmm. greatest, next best thing, and and oh, do I need to do this? Do I need to upgrade on the microphones? Do I need to do that? Da, 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 da. Oh my mm -hmm. God! You know, you see a product review, and you get so caught up in advancing, yeah, that you don't do a good interview, yeah, because you're you're more concerned with the technical aspect <laughs> and where am I going to go from here? Oh, I need this to make it sound better. Whereas all you just it doesn't matter. I shouldn't say, of course, the quality matters, but mm -hmm. you know that doesn't matter as much as a good, solid preparation, good questions, uh, good rapport with your, you know, your guest. When I do this, yeah, and it's all serving the purpose, right? Right, and, and it's all the basics. And in music, it's all about serving the song, and um, it's something that is so easily, it's so easy to uh, conceptualize, but so difficult to put in action. I think. Like there's so many young drummers now who have Herculean chops, you know. Mm -hmm. And as a drummer, yeah, we we all appreciate that and we all and I used to be that guy and I still am to a point where I wanna I'd like to be able to pull off anything that comes to my head. That's right. the goal of practicing and getting your technique together. But at what point does it become self serving versus serving the song? And a lot of these young kids today don't see that. And yeah, they're throwing up, throwing in the kitchen sink and four bars, you mm -hmm. know, which makes you people go, "Whoa, man! Yeah, yeah, he pulled it off. He pulled it off, or she pulled it off." At, to what effect, though? Right. Yeah. Okay. There you are. You know, <laughs> for that four bars, we got it. You know, but it, it, there's something like Steve Jordan is a great drummer. Mm -hmm. He plays with John Mayer or he has, and he's played on a lot of hit songs and a lot of hit records, and he's real, he's a real simple, he can play his butt off when he wants to, mm -hmm. but when it comes time to just play the groove and to lay it down with his own sound, mm -hmm. that is everything. Vinny Caliuta, another guy, fellow Paisan, uh, my hero, you know, yeah. um, he and Tony Williams are my heroes on drums, and... Uh, um, 
the guy can play anything. He can play odd time signatures with each limb at the same time. But when it comes time to laying it down, he he's for the song. And this injury, I mean, this injury forced me more than ever in my whole career, which is funny, to focus on that. And it's been really an enjoyable and eye-opening experience for me. So, well, a little bit of travel back in time and yeah. a little starting over and yeah. Yeah. Rediscover what you loved about it, you know. Right. So, but I am working on a new record slowly and I'm sure I'll bring it over here one day. Yeah. And over a plate of pasta. I yeah, fine, <laughs> fine. You're invited next time. <laughs> Uh, well, the pot will be on the stove tomorrow. Come over for the Packer game. I don't care. The legendary Sugu. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, serve serve thousands. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start putting a sign out like McDonald's. <laughs> Twenty seven served. <laughs> so that'll be great. But uh, so, how well has Shine been doing for? I mean, is as has that been a vehicle for you to? Um, has it opened any doors for you? Has, yeah, it has, has actually. Um, in Nashville, I had a lot of producers. Ryan Rossabo is the guy that produced the record. Okay. And he's really gaining a lot of traction down in Nashville. He's working with a lot of artists that are busting up. And he uses a lot of my record as like a source for his uh, uh, catalog that he will play for people, like to show what work he's done. Okay. You know? And... Uh, they're like, who is that? You know, they'll say, who is that? Oh, this is a guy I know in Milwaukee. So it's actually, I've had some interest as an artist again from people. Okay. Um, and my goal is not to, you know, if I, yeah, if it happens to where somebody wants to, you know, take take me on as an artist, fine. You know, I'm not, it's not my goal, mm-hmm. but, but. My goal is just to write music and make it and um, see where it, see, throw it on the wall, see where it sticks, you know. And it seems to be um, soundtrack stuff that is what I'm really interested in. Okay. Um, do like, I want to get in a van and tour all over the, the country and, you know, with a band right now playing it? If it's right and if it's, and if it's sponsored, yeah, maybe. But... Um, but you've done that. I've done that. Yeah. You know, and, and as a much younger man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and it brought you those opportunities. I mean, I, and again, I don't know what it's like to travel. Uh, well, again, to me, I would look at um, uh, a tour. I mean, it's it's work travel. Yeah. So it's a lot of inside of hotel rooms. You're not getting out and seeing the sights and. Well, I I have. I mean. Well, you have an opportunity, but it's not. Yeah. It's not that relaxing vacation, like you know. No, you, there's a job to do. But right. I'll tell you what: when I was touring Europe and um, and Canada and all, or basically North America, I did have a lot of opportunities to get out. It was like a paid vacation, you know. You get out and you see these sites you only read about and yeah it's amazing it's great um but there's always there's a job to do right well you gotta be back at the the studio or the hotel or the or the venue by a certain time Mm -hmm. and so you don't you have um shorter time to take in so much yeah and i know some young guys in town here who are currently doing that um 
fellow by the name of Sean Hinton, who I used to work with at um, Mars Music when I got back from New York City. Um, he's out with Mary J. Blige, okay. and, and they're touring all over. And another friend, drummer John McVicker, he's working with Sheila E. Oh. So they're out there doing what I was doing all for many, many years, yeah. and and it's great. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But when you get older and you're raising kids and stuff, I mean, unless it's like a major, major tour mm-hmm. where you could actually bring your kids with you once in a while, yeah, that's what you want. I mean, yeah. that would be ideal. So, um, so how do you? Um, so musically, right now, you're doing a lot of a lot. Of, are you doing a lot of session work? Some session work? A lot. Um, I'm working with multiple artists. Um, I I am writing again on my own stuff um intermittently but right now there's some national interest on some of the stuff I'm doing with a couple artists and that's kind of where so what you're talking about touring versus doing studio work or session work uh, are you you had mentioned that uh, they they would like to use one of your songs off of Shine in a, a documentary on Jeffrey Dahmer and <laughs> is that something like so you said that would interest you because that well, kind of does that keep you centralized? I mean, it does. Are you yeah. looking to do score a soundtrack? For oh, a that movie? would be great. I mean, I I deal here's when people ask me, I say this. When I'm home, I I want to be out on the road maybe 50% of the time, okay? Okay. When I'm on the road, I want to be home 80%. Of the time. <laughs> <laughs> If that makes any sense. No. So it's like this constant push-pull, but I think the older we all get and more wi- and the wiser, and I think um, it's not, I'm not saying I want to settle. But of course not. I'm always pushing right. to doing something new. But it's got to be for the right, for better reasons now. When you're young and you're, you're like 20, so, hey, you know, you're just eager to get out there. Right. You know? And that's great. And we all did that, and it's awesome. But now it's more strategic. It's like, okay, I've, I've done all that. Now I want to, if sure, I want to get back out there again, but I want to do it for the for a more focused reason now versus just wanting to get out there, you know, okay. and get your name out there. So, and that's probably what I mean by saying, using those percentages as an example. Mm-hmm. So... And, you know, the great thing is I'm at a time where I'm able to be home with my kids and watch them grow, where I'm not gone all the time, and I'm still making money to do what I got to do. So so I guess I'm blessed that way. So I don't have to go out there. So are you, uh, now obviously you're, you're um, playing live music is evenings, weekends at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I said you did the, uh, you opened for Kid Rock up in Crandon. Yeah. Um, that was a whole weekend away from your kids, I would imagine, right? Actually not. I was gone. I was gone for one night, basically. Oh. Yeah. It's that, that yeah. easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so with what you're doing now, I mean, is it, it's obviously not a nine to five job, but when you're a session musician. Oh, it basically it, can be, yeah. Are, are, you, are you able to work those hours? Sure, sure. And yeah, kids and which school? is what I prefer. You know, I'm right. be able to pick my kids up still at three o'clock, you know, yeah. from school. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. Some some of it involves, you know, Chicago going down there and dealing with that traffic and everything else. Mm. Like, or uh, occasionally, rarely, 
getting flown lately to New York or, or Nashville, which hasn't happened much lately. I mean, most people are doing sessions in their bedroom now. You know, it's it's well, yeah. You know, we were just talking about the equipment you see yeah, the, yeah. that we have down here and how yeah. how 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 much you know how to say easier it is, but you you don't need the eight track tape machine. No, you know, and that's and that space. I need a what is this thing? Four by it's, yeah, it's not even. It's tiny. One by two. Yeah, piece it's, of countertop. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, to, to record and um, I mean, you know, obviously sound deadening and stuff like that helps. But um, is that? And we kind of touched on this. I think last time you were in is is that kind of the way the industry is going? Oh, our, yeah. our, our studios are never going to go completely away. No, because you're always going to have a need for those rooms. I mean, t- for me, it's like um, I feel you can never get a real drum sound until you got your drums in a room that has mics and you feel air move, you know, mm-hmm. versus these plugins, which has been, <laughs> well, wow. we've been plugged into death. Um, and I would like to see it get back to a live ensemble in a studio again. That would be great. Like Joe Walsh was saying, I, I, I was watching him on uh, Daryl's house, you know, that show. And he's like, he's right. He said, nobody's testifying anymore. It's like, (laughs) everything's cookie cutter. Everything's layered. Everything, nobody's playing at the same time, he says. They're mailing it it in. They're mailing it in. And everything has been, my biggest problem, if if we want to go there with the industry right now, is that bands aren't allowed to be bands. I mean, it's like everything is a producer's market. It's like, you can't tell me who the drummer is on one song from the next or a bass player or this and that because they all sound the same uh, versus back in the day, uh, Led Zeppelin or the Beatles or Stuart Copeland from the police, one hit, you knew it was them or Neil Peart, you know, or, or if you want to, Tony Williams, you know, Vinny. Tony Williams with Miles Davis, I knew right away. I mean, their personality was allowed to shine, pardon the pun, shine in the music to where um, you knew who that person was. That person was expressing themselves in the music and and it became part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, you could take, let's say if you're a singer, let's say if you're doing your Pavarotti that you love to do. Yeah, yeah. And we just take you and put you with five different rhythm sections that all sound the same. You wouldn't know the difference. And that's what I, that's probably the biggest thing that needs to come back to me is allowing the personalities of the artist and the musicians to shine again. Right. Well, that, um, you know, one thing I think that, uh, part of what you're talking about is I got to believe, and I've never been in your situation. I musical talent. I I can't even carry a beat. I mean, I am the most, (laughs) But you can cook one hell of a sugu. I can, but I can, I can, I can make a sugu. I can make you, I can make you any kind of gravy you want. Um, I've been fortunate that way. I've been blessed that way. But uh, I gotta believe in the studio. There becomes when you have a group of talented um, people who are focused on the same goal. There's an energy in the studio. Oh yeah. You know, and and not to you know, and, and again, I've never experienced that. But I'm gonna 
and again, it's probably somewhat fictionalized, but a scene from Bohemian Rhapsody mm. where they're writing another one bites the dust. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a group of guys in the studio and they're trying to get their sound or put together this album and it's just farting around. Yeah. And, and I've experienced that a little bit. Um, and again, this goes back away, but doing a little theater in high school, you know, we had, uh, the comedy troupe for the variety show, the, the Dominican players. And I can't tell you how many jokes just popped out of somebody goofing off or, right. or just having a conversation yep. and, um, spontaneity. Yeah. And, and that's gotta be the factor that's missing. And that's, I think why music, as you say, is some, a little formulaic now, cause you don't have that spontaneity and you don't have someone to work off. Yeah. Of. And don't get me wrong. There are bands out there that are doing that. I mean, but on the, in the mainstream top 40 realm, I guess. For many, many years now, it hasn't been that. It's mm-hmm. been more of the formulaic thing. Um, but, I mean, it's so saturated now. There's a lot more um, mediums to have music in now, which back when we were kids, it was a radio. and Well, you know, radio, concerts. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. and <laughs> or, or your tape deck in yeah. your car. You know? Yeah, and that does make a difference. I mean... There's so many different ways for people to get music out there now that it's almost mind-boggling. And part of that has led to the low attention span of today's society, I believe, of the listener, because you can just push a button now and jump to the next song and, you know, and... (laughs) People, well, right. I people mean, won't listen to a whole song anymore. It's well, like a whole song, much less a whole record. Well, a what? I mean, <laughs> yeah. A, a, what, what is that? A record? Rec- what is a record? But yeah, I mean, I we, you know, I laugh because, um, you know, I I remember those days where you know you set you set the needle down yeah. at the beginning, and maybe you wanted the third song, uh, but you listened to the whole album. I mean, I That's could right. probably tell you, uh, maybe not any much so much anymore. But um, I enjoy music. I've never been a hardcore music guy, okay? But going back to our youth, you know, and, and again, I think most people discover music. You obviously discovered it very early. Um, but most people discover music, their musical taste or what they want to listen to, maybe junior high. You know, mm-hmm. that's maybe when you start buying albums that are what I'll call adult, not mm-hmm. kiddie stuff. And all sure. That. You know, so, I mean, the first, the first two albums I think I owned uh, on my own was... Um, Breakfast in America, mm. which, you know, everybody had. It was like Frampton Comes Alive. Yeah. There's one in every house. Yeah. Um, and uh, Glass Houses, Billy Joel, oh, Glass yeah. Houses. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have his earlier stuff, but that was kind of what I discovered him. Yeah. And then kind of you got to go back a little bit. But because um, my, my sister, uh, my I had an older sister, but we didn't don't have the same musical tastes mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so we, you know, um, rumors was on the shelf in the record rack. Oh yeah. Um, not to mention that when you listen to these re- albums, records, you you would have this album cover, beautiful album. You could mark. open them up, and you, it would take you on a journey. It would be like you could see what the artist's vision was from not only the music but how the art I, correlated I, with it. You know, it's funny. Um, yeah, I think it's the third year in a row now I heard that vinyl is outselling digital sales. Really? Yeah, and um, I find that astounding. I don't know what that means, but incidentally, um, I was an artist I used to work with, Willie Porter. Mm-hmm. We ended up doing the 25th 
anniversary of the Dog Ear Dream record, uh-huh. and we ended up doing a small tour. We played the Pabst Theater last year, um, and uh, or actually last September, yeah, it was a year now. Um, and then we did a little tour in the Midwest, and he just, it's called the Silver Anniversary Tour, and he just um, had the Dog Ear Dream record pressed to vinyl. And he gave me a few copies, and I, and it was pressed from the two, and I believe it was pressed from the two-inch reel. I'm not sh- exactly positive about that, but I'm, I'm the warmth, the oh. sound of analog, when you put that on a record, uh, on a needle, on a turntable, and hear it come. T- to me, there's no comparison between the sound of that analog versus the digital high-end mm-hmm. pinging of the digital. When you have that low end that comes through, that is an eye-opening experience to, to hear that again. Well, and everything that goes... Um, um, you have to have a system that can do it. Well, too. you got to have a system yeah. that can do it. But even, um, like I said, everything that goes with the, with with a turntable, mm-hmm. you, know, you need the, the right amp, which, of course, that adds warmth. Yeah. And uh, even if it's a solid-state amp, it's yeah. still got warmth to it. Um, I could never afford a tube amp, but... Um, <laughs> those were not cheap. Oh no, no. But, uh, you know, you, so you still have that, you have everything that goes with that system to, to make that sound. Yeah. Nobody's plugging their iPhone or, or Bluetooth in it to that kind of system no way. and getting that kind of feel. And then on top of that, the whole headphone and earbud thing and the addition of all this extra bass oh, yeah. is, it drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, I... The majority of the music I listen to is through monitor speakers. Yeah. Um, if, if I do stream, which is usually I'm at the computer and I just want to listen to something while I'm doing some work on the computer, um, I'm running it through monitor speakers and I'm not adding all that extra bass. So you do hear a little bit more mm-hmm. of what the artist intended. Sure. But actually listening to the vinyl, listening to the, I mean, I don't know what people think about vinyl, but it's actual representation of the sound wave. That's right. And that's what you're re, 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 uh, reproducing. Reading, reproducing. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, my vocabulary has gone to <laughs> shit since my surgery. It's like, <laughs> what part of your brain died off? Uh, the verbal part. I'm, I'm, yeah. Anyway, I can't go there. I'll get but you can make one hell of a sugu. I, I can make one. I can still make one hell of a sugu. I, uh, um, but, um, yeah, but it's the actual, it's the wave. And then it's the recreation of that reproduction of that wave and not a digital representation yes. of that wave. It's not a thumbprint. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, again, you know me, I'm hobbies, I'm into photography, I'm into videography and it's all digital now. Um, and there's some people say, well, it's not the actual image because it's a representation of yeah, X's yeah. and O's. That, yeah. 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 Uh, <sighs> With photography, I don't know if I'm that hung up on it, but again, if, you, if you're a true aficionado, um, ha- having that actual, you know, his master's voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know the th- I, mean, I hear a difference. I mean, maybe not everybody will, but, but uh, I, I know that if you did like we used to do when we were kids at high school, get in a basement room and have these big speakers and... Everybody sits down, turn the lights off, and you listen to this record, and it's an experience, you know. Yeah. And, and and it takes you somewhere. And yeah, maybe the poster on the wall is glowing. Yeah, maybe there's yeah. a little haze in the air. Maybe there were things enhancing that. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that we don't want to discuss. But what, what? a six pack of Blatts, right? That's all you needed, right? <laughs> That's about a couple it. of quarts of beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those old guys, you know, but because I'm not old and we're not really old, but uh, um, compared to what these young kids are doing now, I don't know what they're getting out of the experience of music. I'm just wondering. And I know everything changes. Everything changes in life. But, and I don't know what staying power there is today for them, for their, for what they're doing versus like when we were kids, like we still talk about that, you Mm -hmm. know, we still remember that because of how it affected us musically and the, and the chill effect. Remember, go to a concert, you get goosebumps, you know, I mean, if it was right, those are things that stick with you. And I just don't know what today, if that's producing that in any Anyone today? I don't well, know. Well, uh, we had this conversation. If you listen to my last podcast, um, where I was bitching about media and uh, too much time to fill, that's why everybody's at everybody's throats mm-hmm. because somebody's gonna anyway. Oh, yeah. um, but and, and again, and, and I and I hate <laughs> and I hate to say it too because I mean this you know doing a podcast for me is a little self indulgent because I do enjoy doing it. Um, I, sometimes I wonder what purpose it's all uh, serves. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm competing for people's ears, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm kind of adding into that, but in the same thing, at the same time, I mean, you look outside, like I said, music and, and, and you got, you know, the Bieber started on YouTube, yeah. you know, it wasn't just a little kid singing on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Um, and that caught fire and off it goes. Bonnie Vera, same thing. Yeah. And I, and I think in some instances, um, you know, it's all about what's hot and some, some, not all acts and, and performers are prepackaged by marketing firms, mm-hmm. by producers, mm-hmm. you know, see something that might be hot, strike while it's hot, not really care about maybe the music or the message they're bringing, but it's a way to make money. Mm-hmm. So let's put it out there. It'll make money, short attention span. It won't have any lasting value. Um, but look at, like I just brought up the example of Bon Iver. There's an example of not conforming. Mm-hmm. I mean- um, that Emma record that he put out was was great, you know, and, and that was him uh, going up to his father's cabin and writing that that yeah. entire album and and it was a uni- it's a unique sounding thing. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not what you hear. But look, that's my point, I guess. If 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 music is given a chance, like to have that personality, like I was talking about, right? I think. Any ears out there are going to gravitate towards it if it's honest. If the music is honest and it's not this prefab, pre-packaged. prepackaged thing of the same old crap you hear all the time. If an artist is truly allowed to be themselves and if they're good, and I know that's subjective, um, to a point that's subjective, I think. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, um, if it reaches the right and it can resonate with people, it will it will happen. I mean, everyone says there'll never be another Beatles or there'll never be another. Well, there'll never be another Beatles if people keep trying to be the Beatles. To be the Beatles. There will be another Beatles if maybe not to the globalization of, of like the Beatles did, but but there could be a rabid following of something that comes out that's new if it's given the chance, you know, and if it's honest. Right. You know, well, I, I really believe the honesty is what speaks. 
So well, I'm backing up to talk about the Beatles. Do you think even with that honesty and that um, originality and inventiveness of a new artist, do you think even if that continues, they have the staying power? And, and again, my point being there's so many, there's only so many ears out there mm-hmm. and the competition and it's what's getting thrown. Yeah. Do you think we would have a, a well, I mean, another Rolling Stones, that's what, 50 years? 50 mm. plus years, you know. The um, staying power? The staying power of a band like that? It's a very good question. Um, or what would it take in this day and age? Well, I think the first thing that would happen is if, let's say, a band did come out and had that, then all of a sudden you'd have all the people trying to profit off it and they're having all these other bands that sound like them mm-hmm. because they want that on their label, you know, right. which then dilutes the whole thing. Dilutes yeah. the pool, yeah. Yeah. And it takes away from the original <clears throat> strength of what the original band would have formed, right? Um, I don't know. Like, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I just think there's so much information out there now. Yeah. There's so much coming at people, like you said, that it's hard to keep. It's hard to focus. It's, it, how difficult is it today? The question would be to follow one band, maybe five records deep. Right. Can that even, can that happen anymore? Well, that's yeah, that's a good question. I think and, that's the bigger question. And you know, I, I, and I, like I said, I pulled the stones just as a reference out of yeah, my well, ass. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, how? And and I'll, I'm going to lump in a couple bands here. So like the Stones, the Who. When was the last time you got excited about a new Who album? Well, there's a new one coming out, by the way. They just announced well, it yesterday. <laughs> original music. Yeah. Okay. A new Who record is coming. But here's my point. When we were younger and there was less medium out there and there was less, um, we only had the radio or a magazine to grab news from mm-hmm. about these things and the, the anticipation was there to hear these new records. Right. Now, yeah, the Who, right? You, you didn't even know they were coming out with a new record. Back in the day, we would have known because it would have been a big hoopla about it. You know, right. and it would have been... On the one or two radio stations that you listen to. Yeah. Hey, the Who yeah, went back yeah, in the yeah, studio. Yeah. Album be out in spring. Well, I remember when I was a kid, um, the police were huge. And I remember I loved it. And the anticipation I had for the new synchronicity record that was coming out the, mm-hmm. of the police, that it was supposed to be this new thing, and they would tease you on the radio station with a track. you know. Mm-hmm. And they don't set it up like that anymore for artists. Like, there was like an event like the police were on top of the world. They were right. the number one band. And then they came out with Synchronicity with Every Breath You Take and Synchronicity 2 and all these other songs, King of Pain. Those were all smash hits. Right. But I remember bef- preceding that record coming out, the the media buildup that got behind that. And you might get that with Beyonce now a little bit, but it, it's not the same. Like if Beyonce's coming out with a new record, yeah, you'll get some buildup on it, and you'll get a million tweets and a million this and that. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Back then, though, it was different. Than it, oh, I hear something ringing. Oh, is that me? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll have to call okay. Henry back. <laughs> uh, speaking of reunion weekend, but uh, I apologize. Sorry. Normally, I'd shut it off. <laughs> Good God, I'm going <laughs> to find myself. Edit. Uh, edit yeah. <laughs> And cut. 
but yeah, it's it's interesting. But I mean, and again, and the, the the way at which we process information and get it out there is much different. There are so many more mediums. So you know, um, but but like I said, I think the big thing is there's so much competition. It's always this. You got to one up first of all, and yeah. then you're competing for it. And how do you compete for, you know, uh, and, and and I think some of these things in the media that you know are, are fabricated. Some of these mm-hmm. quote unquote news stories about celebrities, you know, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this person's having a feud with so and so. They're just trying to keep their name relevant, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. Um, and and I think ultimately what's gets lost and. Yes, the record industry and music is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think musicians who are uh, do it obviously to make a living, but they do it. it you still enjoy it, right? You oh, still enjoy it. I mean, I love sitting down and I love my instrument, the drums. Let's say, and I love working on things. And because of this injury, I've been forced to re-examine some technical stuff mm-hmm. and that has been great and I, it, i'm getting back to the basics and um and i'm rediscovering my love for the instrument you know which i which never left but right but but it's really a it's a it's a journey it's a never-ending journey so what one thing did you rediscover that you were just I, I, that you or revisited with because of your injury that just technically, technically, or it was what, technical. Uh, just that, the grip on how I was using the sticks. Um, like um, I normally am a traditional playing. I use the traditional grip, you know, like the old marching grip. Okay. Um, and then I got away from that for a, for a while. I started using match grip, like French or German grip. Okay. And I was finding it difficult. After surgery, using match grip or uh, tra- or mat, yeah, match grip. I'm going back to trad again, and it feels better. And uh, I'm getting the power back. And okay. and I mean, it was and, one of those. It was, I don't want to call it an epiphany, but it was one of those. You know, why did I ever get away? Yeah, from this yeah, kind yeah. Of thing? Kind of, yeah. And um, yeah. and well, well, I remember getting away from it because I was starting to play drums. I was I was really getting into os. I don't want to sound too technical here, but ostinatos, which are repetitive patterns with your feet, let's say, okay. while you're doing different things with your hands. And I discovered that with match grip, it was easier to like move to my left and right and like ride with my left hand, let's say, mm-hmm. versus riding with my right. It was like a bilateral thing. Okay. And it was more s- symmetric, you know? And I was setting up my drums that way in the, in the studio. And I could basically orchestrate, I was trying to, there's some great drummers that do it, like Tomas Lang and Virgil Donati, who are just like ridiculous at it. But, you know, for me, being a drummer, I want to explore as much as I can. And I got into doing that because there's, like Terry Bozio is a great famous drummer who's mm-hmm. got this monstrous, ridiculous drum kit, but it's all chromatically tuned and... He can literally go up and do a solo concert, just drums. And, you know, it'll it'll keep your attention for half an hour, you know, 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I know. People are like, why would you do it? But um, it's amazing to watch. I mean, 
his his limbs are in one time his feet are in one time signature like let's say in seven eight and his and he's playing in four with his hands and and he's but he's making an orchestral statement it's really amazing mm-hmm. um i don't want to take it to that length you know but but i have you know with this injury it forced me then to rediscover some of these things i mean I mean, I had these knee surgeries, which I couldn't even push the pedals down for on the drums for six months, you know, yes. so I couldn't even do it. So there was some atrophy there. But I started this last summer, let's see, it's 2019, yeah, probably in April, I started gigging again. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, it's funny because I was like, oh, is this going to feel? And the main thing was... I didn't feel so bad technically, but stamina-wise, it was like, oh, my God, it's going to be time to get the stamina back. Right. Yeah. So, but I, and I am. I'm getting it back. So it feels good. So what's uh, what's the next uh, what's the next step for you? All right. So, I mean, are you, are you 100% now? No. With the knees and the wrist? Or no, 80%? about 80. About 80. Okay. Are you happy with where you're? I mean, obviously, you, you want to be 100%, but are you... Are you able to do the things you want to do right now? Not entirely, because um, of the back issues too. Okay. Um, but um, now, is the back related to the wrist, yeah, or was that? No, that's all part of it. I okay. mean, when I when I hit so, that, um, so that tumble that you yeah, took. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, so it's the knees, the back, the wrist, at all. Yeah, okay. all in one shot, and one stop shopping. Oh god, it's <laughs> crazy. All right. No, so. no, that's good. I'm working. I'm part of this thing called Give Song too, which is Keith Pulvermacher's brainchild, and uh, basically is you, you donate a song for charity, you get a sponsorship. Okay. And you you pick the charity, and uh, they they put money up, and for for uh, for for the charity, and they'll download your song. Basically, the idea is is to have a better share for the artist. And for the charity, it's a third, a third, a third. It's Give Song gets a third, I get a third, and the charity gets a third. Okay. And it's been really amazing. I mean, Keith's been doing it, and uh, they want to take... So my song, Shine, this company called Just Listen, which is a um, nonprofit, uh, they deal with addiction. Okay. And that song is basically about addiction. So, um, we're pairing up at, for this Give Song thing. It's called Just Listen give, with Give Song and myself. And Shine will be available to download, and all the proceeds go towards Just Listen. Like a third of it goes to Just Listen, okay. a third goes to me, and a third goes to Keith. Right, so, the administrative costs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, it's an actual, but you physically download it. It's not a yeah. streaming service. No, it's not a streaming. Okay, and is it is it givesong.com or what? Or yeah, it'll or? be givesong.com, and 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 they can donate whatever they want to the song. Like Keith had people pay a thousand dollars for a track. That was, oh. that was their donation, you know. So okay. it's not just like ninety nine cents for for a single. You can donate whatever you want. Okay, you know. So and it's really neat. It's really neat how it's how it's worked. So oh, so That's I'm awesome. doing that too. So so um, I so you, right now you just have Shine out there. Uh, yeah, on, on for that, that. For yeah, that, yeah. For that, yeah. Okay. Excellent. That's a so. unique way of looking at it. And, 
And again, helping the artist. I know you, you shake your fist at the streaming services. <sighs> Have you gotten your $1.98 check lately from Spotify? Or uh, Let's see. I, I, I got an 18-cent check from Spotify for 4,500 spins of Shine. 18 cents. Meanwhile, there's, what, three millionaire CEOs there? Yeah. Yeah. So, see, that's what I, 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 you know, I was thinking through this because when I was kind of mentally prepping for when you came by and we were going to do this, and I'm thinking, well, you know, in the, it, back in the day, you, you didn't get paid to have your song on the radio. But that was a promotional vehicle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have any expense promoting it. Uh, you didn't get anything from it, but if somebody liked the song, aside from you know maybe hooking up their tape deck to the to the receiver and and recording it off the radio, which was I, I never, uh, which which you know and with people talking over it and then sure. begins and all that, um, but I mean it was more of a promotion. If somebody wanted to listen to that song, they had to go buy your album. That's right. So there was a monetary offset. That's right. Toward to the uh, where now. It's, it's nothing. nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. You know, make, we make money touring now, and that's complete opposite of the model from the eighties and nineties. Mm. Well, again, and that's thanks to sponsorship. I mean, that's where the money's coming from is sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, you know, sponsored yeah. by Ben Gay. You know, I, <laughs> you know, Ben Gay sends sure, them a all. chunk of money. It's 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 a it's a, it's a live music. It's a live commercial for them. Yeah. You know, which is which is yeah, Cheritol. <laughs> Do they still make that? I don't know. I, there's going to be a whole bunch of kids going, Geritol? What is that, a new band? I, what's he talking about? Maybe that would be a good name. A, yeah. be a good name for a band. Um, yeah. Guys over with 60. A, with, with a J. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, so uh, projects in the works. You said you're working on an album? Yes, I am. I'm an instrumental record as well as another vocal okay, record. So. Gonna wait another ten years so we get that one out. Well, or be a little bit more active on that one. Yeah, I'm a little more active on this. Okay. Um, it's uh, down the pipe. Okay. So, so did the success of Shine and putting Shine together kind of help motivate you? A oh, little bit? sure. Like, sure I mean, it it's got to be a little bit of a rush. Hey, man, I got an album. Yeah, you know, and my yeah. face is on it. Yeah. Which well, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. Uh, yeah. Does that help? Does, does that hurt sales? I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not next time. You know. Well, I, I think. Uh, my next album cover will be a plate of pasta. A plate of pasta? One, one of yours, Tsugo. Yeah. Just snapshot. <laughs> It'll be called Abundanza. What? Who's, uh, whose album cover was that? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, I was, I'm, I'm, it, it there sounds, was one, I know. There's got to be one like that. I, I, remember, I remember Flat as a Pancake and a Stack of Pancakes, because that uh, <laughs> Barbara plays that album once a day. She plays it 20 <gasps> oh, times a day. That's funny. But uh, yeah, we'll keep your face off. Or we could hide it in a meatball. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> The... Uh, anyway, so um, so um, that's in the works. Yeah. You're working, again, you said you're, you're playing out, gigging. Uh, yeah, the Joe Hyde Orchestra is really a great band. Um, and okay, and again, you're talking to a guy who does not follow music, and I apologize. So uh, what, what, what kind of... What well, they... he's, he's, it's a horn band, basically. Okay. And, and uh, it's, it's really a lot of fun playing with the horn section again. And uh, we're playing all over, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Um, Keith has been keeping me busy. Okay, so, and, and that's, so, and is he just, is he just build himself as Keith Pulvermacher? Yeah, Keith, band, yeah. Keith Pulvermacher band? Okay. Yeah, and, uh. And you're, you're his prime, I mean, you're his drummer, right, for that Yeah, band? I mean. 
you don't fill in, you're not... No, no, I'm his drummer for that. Okay. If anything, I'll have to have somebody fill in for me if something else comes up. But okay. but pretty much that's it. And, you know, and I'm, I'm working this this Saturday, I'm working with uh, Kirk Tatnell and Chris... Chris Kringle is his name on bass. He's huh? not... He's not coming, he's not flying from the North Pole. Oh, no. But uh, we're playing a little jazz trio. I get back to my jazz roots again uh, at the Tosa Harvest Fest at noon this this uh, coming Saturday. So, and uh, and then- Today uh, or next Saturday? Uh, next Saturday. I'm sorry. Okay. Next Saturday. Okay. 21st. Followed by, um, I'm doing a show at this place called the Magic Mansion, which is this awesome venue out in Oconomowoc. It's a guy's house that he transformed into a concert venue, and it's gone national, been bringing in national acts. Really? And, and we're headlining for that next yeah. Saturday with the Keith Pulvermacher Band. Okay. And um, I would highly recommend people to come out to see that. I, I can see where I can get some information on that. Okay. Um, but um, it's called the Magic Mansion Series, and I played with King Washington out there one year from okay. at Los Angeles. They've had... Uh, the Sammy Lass from Bodine's has been there. Willie Porter has been there on some of the local guys. But then they brought in some national people, which has okay. been pretty amazing. How and, large a venue? How many people? Well, you can fit up to a few thousand people out there. And, okay. and oh, it's, it's an outdoor venue. It's right? an outdoor okay. venue. <laughs> the band plays on this porch as a stage. It looks like okay. a, like the Walton's porch, you know? <laughs> Again, millennials are going, what? But... Yeah, and you're looking out over this huge yard, and the people okay. just throw blankets down. It's free, and it's a pass the hat situation, and okay. it's a pretty amazing experience. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting how uh, when you say pass the hat, how how I want to even say generous, but how much people you know you pay for what you feel it's worth, and 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 people pay what they feel it's worth. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's very lucrative. Oh, believe it or not, it really is. Really, okay. yeah. Well, you're not paying a promoter. Or no, you, you know, no, there's no middle. The person. house doesn't take a. Uh, no, they don't. Uh, they 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 get paid through other venue, other means. Probably like advertising. Yeah, I think and, it's advertising. Yeah, yeah okay. So so that's what's what. So that's pretty much what's keeping your time musically right now. Yeah, it's been busy. Is that um, so? It's paying the bills or? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice. I, that's refreshing, you know, because usually you know they get the image of the starving artist. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so true, so true. Well, I know you got a busy day today. Yes, I do. I'm off to a rehearsal. So I, I want to thank you for taking time out today and, and sharing with us. Hey, uh, catching Catching up, talking music with you, which is always a pleasure. I mean, it's uh, it's nice to have somebody in the know to tell me what I should think uh, about music. Just kidding. It's I, just I, my opinion. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and coming out it's, and sharing with my us My pleasure. Today. And you know, this, the mic's always open to you. It sounds you know, good. We'll do it again. We'll do it again, but I'm sure I'm going to have to feed you next time. Yeah, I got that I'm, message this time. I want time. the okay. meatball. Yes. You want the meatball and the sugu, so. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, again, Steve Italiano, the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. This has been the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast, brought to you by Testaduro Productions. You can reach us by email at listenupmke at yahoo.com or through our website, listenupmke.podbean.com. Opening and closing music is courtesy of John C. and taken from his album Shine, available where music is sold. 